0: Houdat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish Podcast. We are part of Fan Sighted, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and opinions on our New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, and today we are here to review the most recent preseason game for the Saints.
1: Who dat, and what's up, everybody? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, and we're here again with another amazing episode for you guys. If you haven't already, Please make sure to go check out all the other amazing episodes we've been being out you know, for you guys. There's a ton, and I'm sure you guys won't want to miss those, so, so make sure to check those out. Before we kick off the episode, here's some quick Saints news uh, of the day for you guys. So The Saints have re- released a veteran running back Terrence West, who was formerly with the Baltimore Ravens, and wide receiver Josh Huff, who's uh, played with before with the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Uh, and Josh Huff, also former Oregon Duck. Uh, Shout out because he did go to college only a few hours away from me. I always like to mention that. But, yeah, it seems like uh, the Saints are narrowing down their searches in both the kick returner, punt returner slot, as well as the uh, running back uh, depth spot there for for the fourth string, some of the support for uh, Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, while um, Mark Ingram serves his four-game suspension to start the series. So a lot of people thought Terrence West would have made that spot. I don't think a whole lot of people expected Josh Huff to make the roster. Turns out that he's most likely not going to. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it's very interesting um, to see. I-, I bet you Shane Vereen is next because it seems like um, Jonathan Williams has been performing really well and Peyton likes to go with the younger guys. So West out now, the veteran uh, Vereen, the other veteran, maybe on his way out next. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of surprised it happened so soon. But um, me too. You know, may- maybe I was thinking they were going to wait till after the third preseason game to to really cut down on that. But um, it's smart, I guess, to go after the second and then go into the third with an even smaller group, so that you're judging even more microscopic to uh, to see who who's going to end up making the team. So, um, yes, sure, it's crazy news. And, um, also, I want to get to the poll that we talked about. Um, you, I, you have anything else to say about about the news I think I think that's it right anything no else? that's it that's it perfect perfect yeah pre- pretty slow other than the other than the game not a whole lot of news surrounding the Saints but the cuts will be coming soon um, we did do a poll on our Twitter account we ended up getting 50 votes thank you to everybody who ended up voting um, it, it was kind of a wild one when I was typing this out I was like I, I think people are gonna think this is weird um, that I'm I'm suggesting this because of the I guess um, Lack of disruption that fans want of this chemistry that we have of the team. We maybe not. We, we, nobody really talks about getting landing another star, so to speak, uh, on the Saints roster because we feel like we have enough. But Cleo Mack, obviously having his uh, problems with the Oakland Raiders currently seems like neither side is getting close to a, a contract agreement. Uh, Mac has been sitting out all of training camp plus both preseason games. He's been fined a lot of money, but it doesn't seem like he cares about. All of that, uh, he, he just really is not liking mm-hmm. the vibe in Oakland with new head coach John Gruden. So um, he, it seems like he's on the trading block or the Raiders are may, maybe just holding out to see if, if one side will crack. But I, I would bet that he's on the trading block. So I said, uh, would you guys trade Marcus Davenport, uh, You know, obviously our first-round pick from this past draft, and a future second- or mm-hmm. third-round pick for Khalil Mack? The options were yes, no. Raiders say no, obviously, because they're, they're that's the pr- proposition to them. They have every right to say no. And um, the fourth option was if Mac signs a new deal, yeah, we, we do that. So um, with 50% of the votes to so 25 votes, um, the uh, you, or you guys voted for yes, you would accept that trade if the Saints decided to um, offer Marcus Davenport as well as a second or third-round pick. And I threw in a second or third-round pick in there mm-hmm. uh, because – Uh, The Saints obviously traded their first-round pick for next year, so they don't have a whole lot of leverage. And it doesn't exactly seem like uh, the Raiders are going to be commanding their first-round pick for Davenport, especially if a player like – or or for Mac, especially if a player like Davenport is, um, you know, offered uh, as part of that as the bigger piece there. Um, And then obviously right below that was no, you guys, uh, the second most – Voted on was no. Raiders say no was third. And then I think only one person said if Mike signs a new deal. I don't think we'd have enough cap space um, to Mm -hmm. sign him to a longer deal. But uh, uh, that was an option there, obviously. It would be nice. And also to get to articles of the week. Oh, by the way, follow us on Twitter at the Dish, or sorry, at the WDD Podcast is our podcast official for the Twitter account, or for the official yep. Twitter account for our podcast is what I'm trying to say. Uh, that's where we're running all the polls. We keep you guys updated with all the links and everything. Um, and be sure to go to hootatdish.com if you're not living there. You should be fantastic Saints articles week in and week out, especially by uh, our editor Roy Anderson. So. Tyler, um, a- a- anything you got to say on that stuff, or are you ready to jump into reviewing the game?
1: <laughs> it's funny you mention the poll, man. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me really liking Marcus Davenport, but I completely disagree. Like, one, why waste more picks, you know, on somebody, you know, that's already uh, having issues with, with one team, you know, and like, do we even have the cash space to afford a guy like Khalil Mack? He's going to command as much money, uh, if not more, than Cameron Jordan when he eventually gets paid or you know i don't remember his numbers right now but um it's just i don't know you know like yeah. sure it'd be great to have like a hybrid linebacker defensive end you know and on the other side of cameron jordan but the saints are really good with like finding young players so they don't have to pay for a long time You know, marcus Williams michael thomas alvin kamara all these young players it would sort of like ruin it so to speak i think if you if you take a guy like Cleo Mack, you know, not only trade away more picks, but give up Marcus Davenport. And then you, on top of that, like, although he's talented, you have to pay him a, a ton, a ton of money. And that's that's going into a team that has all these players down the road, you know, that they want to pay, you know, and, yeah. you know, a key yeah. offensive linemen, key weapons on both sides of the field. So I don't know. yeah, it, It's it, it's crazy. But I say let's just move on into topic one.
0: It's it's definitely risky, obviously, with the money situation and, you know, giving up a future project player could turn out to be a star for a guy who, you know, currently is a star, but he's not in the position like Davenport is where we know we're going to have him for, for years to come and, and Max, uh time in the NFL is a lot shorter than that, so his value kind of goes down, um, but it, but it is, it is kind of uh, interesting and it would kind of complete um, a, a very, very big hole that the Saints are missing, which is... Defensive line pressure on the other side consistently uh, from Cameron Jordan, uh, but yeah, let's let's jump to topic number one. Obviously, the most talked about thing in Houdat Nation was the Saints' unfortunate loss for their season opener this past Friday. They fell to one one during the 2018 preseason, losing to the Arizona Cardinals twenty to fifteen. It really wasn't even that close. Uh, the Saints were down seventeen to three at halftime, and they they looked lost at times. Obviously, you had. Uh, Taysom Hill third string quarterback in there manning the offense for a lot of the uh, uh, first half most of the first half um, and he seemed to get the um, angry tweets the most from fans and the game was marred by his turnovers uh, the team had four total and they were all from Taysom Hill he threw two interceptions and he lost two fumbles in his defense he did go 11 for 15 uh, his passer rating wasn't that great uh, he, he didn't really complete many impressive passes and obviously he had the the four total turnovers, but uh, he was not surrounded by a great offensive line, continued struggles by uh, guys like Will Clapp, and um, he, he he was always crowded in the pocket, so he really wasn't able to get uh, a lot of clean looks off. Uh, for the Cardinals, both Sam Bradford, uh, he, he was 6-for-6 six six for 61 yards, and Josh Rosen was 10-for-16, 107 yards, one touchdown, the rookie sensation, obviously out of UCLA. Talked about him last week uh, with Jess Root, uh, how impressive he's been both of them tore up new orleans starting defense especially picking apart the linebackers uh, david johnson had a touchdown run rookie receiver christian kirk who we talked about last week as well um had a very nice touchdown pass uh and catch from josh rosen 13 yards that uh, ended up inflating the lead for the cardinals so um tyler uh just, what went wrong for new orleans what, what why, why why was their starting defense struggling so much again particularly with the linebackers what, what went wrong for the team
1: the Taysom Hill experience went wrong. That's what Ron Dayton and, and um, you know, uh, I imagine this was a regular season game, four or five turnovers. So that's going to cost you the game, you know. And um, you know, we're lucky there was just a preseason game, and we're lucky that Taysom Hill doesn't start. That's for sure, you know. And it's funny, but um, you know, any other day, you know, uh, uh, we wouldn't be seeing Taysom Hill. But you know, of course, this preseason, everything's sort of hyped up a bit. But like, you take a quarterback in, we try to make a roster, and you know uh you take multiple drives multiple drives in the first few plays force fumble or uh doesn't uh doesn't grab the ball correctly from max unger or throws a, a crappy interception and you know I, i'll give him credit one interception it was um Cameron meredith's fault who mm. actually uh i'm pretty happy actually played not for that reason because of the interception but um you know, just little things like that where, you know, he's trying to make a roster, you know, uh, on a team where uh, the Saints are only going to keep so many quarterbacks. It's really frustrating to see him, you know, who we thought go so forward. He took a step forward and now he's taken like 80 steps backwards, you know, and sure, he has a playmaking ability, but, you know, it, it's just nothing looks good in this game when you have Taysom Hill. Making, uh, throwing, having so many turnovers is just ridiculous. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have happened. You know, but unfortunately, did. And that's that's my big takeaway. That and the offensive line; those are my two things. Many backup offensive line.
0: Many young quarterbacks uh, struggle mightily both in the preseason, regular season, with turning the ball over. They they uh, really want to utilize all of the new coaching and schemes that they've learned in their short time in the NFL onto the Mm -hmm. field in real time. Uh, And a lot of the times that actually equals um, more just absolute risks that they're taking out on the field because they are not um, adjusted to the NFL, both speed, what the defense is running, uh, and stuff like that. So I felt like that's what was happening with Hill. I'm glad he's doing this in the preseason. I'm really glad Drew Brees is our starter because this would have been really a disaster. Um, Shout out to Tom Savage, 6 for 7, 53 yards. Uh, And JT Barrett, too. Yeah, and, and, and um, Tom Savage also got sacked three times. And, yeah, JT Barrett, who is going to get two, three of five, 45 yards. Um, uh, Tom Savage also had a 98.2 passer rating. Uh, not too bad, especially compared to Taysom Hill's 42.5. Um, Taysom Hill, again, for the second preseason game in a row, led the team in, in rushing yards, 43 off three carries. Jonathan Williams, who I mentioned earlier, probably going to end up winning that um, extra uh, running back slot, uh, eight carries, 37 yards. Uh, and JT Barrett had the rushing touchdown that put the Saints within five points of the Cardinals towards the end of the game. He had two carries for 13 yards, including a, a 12-yard touchdown run. Um, Terrence West carried the ball two times for 26 yards, uh, and he got cut by the team earlier today, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Traquan Smith led the team in receptions, against second week in a row, three receptions, 60 yards. Austin Carr, name we haven't really heard of. Uh, we talked about him a lot last offseason, uh, and he was on the practice squad a lot. Uh, for the Saints yep. in 2017, three catches, 37 yards. He had a 15-yard reception, which was really nice. Um, but he had three targets, and he caught all three balls. Um, Keith Kirkwood had a catch, as did uh, Malcolm Floyd. Shane Vereen had three catches. Ma- uh, Michael Thomas, of course, two catches for 12 yards. Nothing too impressive, though. And, um, yeah, so that was uh, – and and on the defensive side of the ball, Alex Anzalone led the team in tackles, as did A.J. Klein. However, it seemed like Manti Teo – Look kind of lost in coverage at times. Rosen and Bradford are able to pick apart the middle. And again, I talked about it with Jess on the podcast last week. Bradford is one of the most underrated, accurate passing quarterbacks in the league. Uh, He's able to pick defenses apart uh, when he's healthy, and he was very healthy in this game. Six of six, didn't, didn't really miss a beat there. So, um, and, and, and he was able to attack the middle of the field, which is where our linebackers are, are supposed to have it locked down. So that's something that needs to be improved upon, but there are positives to take away from this game. If I had to take away positive, uh, obviously I, I, it would be Traquan Smith yet again impressing us. It would also be, I am confident in, in the running game uh, of, of this, mm-hmm. um, Saints offense, as well as the starting offensive line backups, uh, big, major, 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 major area of concern, but... Uh, with the surrounding talent, I think that it kind of evens out um, if we were to have a couple injuries here and there on the offensive line just because of how immensely talented we are with Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, and 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 again, seeing guys like Jonathan Williams and most likely Boston Scott uh, playing well in the preseason so far is promising for uh, filling in that void left by Ingram for the first four games. Um, any other positives you want to mention there for for the Saints?
1: Yeah, actually, I've got a ton. So, It's funny, you know. I watched the highlights. I I watched the stream. I, I, you know, I I got a lot of good. You know, even though we lost, I think there are a lot of positives to take away from it. So it's funny, you know. uh, We mentioned, you know, uh, I almost should have threw an asterisk in here when I said uh, the backup linemen were pretty bad, you know, on the offensive side. Not all of them. And it's funny. If I could find it really quick, I'll mention it. If not, it's not too big uh, big of a a big deal. But um, Rick Leonard, you know, the guy Mm -hmm. that everybody. So it gave us uh hate, you know, for uh, taking so early. Actually, it had not too too bad of the game. If I could find it, I retweeted it. Oh uh, yeah, here we go. So uh, right now, uh, Pro Football Focus, you know, a uh, pretty uh, highly coveted uh, website. Actually, you gave uh, rookie tackle Rick Leonard. Uh, high marks for his first uh, two weeks of the preseason, so among I'm I'm on rookie offensive linemen to see 30-plus snaps, he was first in pass protection, and second in run blocking, and among all offensive linemen to see 30-plus snaps, he was sixth in pass, pass protection, and fourth in run blocking. But other than that though, I'd say the rest of the back of the linemen were doing pretty bad, especially Will Clapp. Um, mm-hmm. as far as the good though, let's see here. in my notes I had Trey Hendrickson another another week, another time the dude's been balling. Everybody keeps on saying it. People are finally noticing that the dude is a beast and he's made a huge leap from his uh, rookie year to now, and props go to him. Like I mentioned already, wide receiver Traquan Smith. You know, he had the three catches, sixty yards. Brandon Tate. Seems to have appeared to take the kick returner, pump returner spot for his own. He just, another week of dominance, another week. He wants his shot batty. I think he's going to get it. He's doing really good. As far as other players have done really well, uh, I mentioned defensive end Trey Hendrickson. Some of the other D linemen did really well. Uh, Mitchell Lowen and Deverell Lawrence. Uh, those are two guys that really stood out to me. Other people, we mentioned the running back, so I'm just going to say all four. Jonathan Williams, Mark Ingram, Boston Scott, and Terrence West all had pretty good games. Uh, they they didn't get a ton of ton of snaps. They're all pretty split among the four, but they all had a really good chunk of yards, which each snap that they got. So and also had a couple honorable mentions. JT Barrett, you know, is limited playing time. He looks really good. You know, the twelve yard run. I thought that was a great, um, a great example of how explosive and how athletic he can be. You know, sort of remind me of Lamar Jackson a little bit there. And um I, I was pretty happy that Cameron Meredith, like I said earlier, finally saw some action. Even though it wasn't the best of action to see, and Al-Qaeda Muhammad, you know, the backup D lineman had some nice plays. But yeah, those would be all my good guys. So
0: yeah, it's good to see AQM out on the uh, out on the field finally after really didn't sure. see anything out of him last year, and he's been slowly creeping up the depth chart for the Saints. So that's good to see. Unfortunately, we did not see uh, yet again Marcus Davenport on the field, as we had mentioned earlier, the first-round pick of this past draft for the Saints. But sounds like we will be seeing him, according to uh, head coach Sean Payton, uh, Mm -hmm. against the Chargers. By the way, we will be previewing the Chargers game tomorrow uh, with – I don't know who exactly, but uh, we will be uh, sitting down with somebody from Bolt Beat, which which covers the uh, Los Angeles Chargers of the uh, fan-sided network. Uh, so, again, uh, partners with us over here at Fansided, so it's going to be a great conversation with them helping us preview the game, and that will be tomorrow. Um, and hopefully these guys, uh, such as A.J. Klein, uh, Will Clapp, are going to step it up. I do think Will Clapp ended up, again, it's, it's not like he he played terrible. The, the offensive line as a whole uh, just did not play good. They, they, they gave up uh, four sacks uh, in the game, and they had JT Barrett, Taysom Hill, even Savage scrambling all over the field. Uh, so it was unfortunate, and that definitely just doesn't bode well for Will Clap, who has already been um, kind of exposed on film for the first game against the Jaguars. Um, and yeah. but but I I I really think who hurt themselves the most, especially in the eyes of the fan, was we have to go back to him because he he was the one marred by it. Taysom Hill, uh, he 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 just kind of looked lost out there at times. And there's just nothing worse than turning the ball over, especially when you start the game out so poorly um yeah. he'll he'll he, even if he was 11 for 15 not a lot of yards his passer rating was very low turned the ball over a lot of punts for the team and on top of that he just he he, he only got us three points we, we we were down 17 to three if he had been the quarterback for the rest of the game it, it, it would have been an absolute i, I a landslide it didn't matter the defense that arizona was bringing in they just had his number and uh, again you can attribute it a little bit to the um uh, surrounding talent by uh, Taysom Hill or lack thereof. But I think he hurt his chances uh, at, at improving his roster spot the most out of anybody. Do you agree?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. You said uh, he just he looked horrid out there. You know, he looked nervous. He looked uncomfortable. You know, when it gets to a point where you can't even, you know, and I give Max Hunger the benefit of the doubt. You know, if we're if we're I believe when this was like one of the first few fumbles that he had, I'm pretty sure. Max Unger was out there. Actually, shout-out goes out to the starting alignment. I'm pretty sure this is, like, the first time in a while now because of the other injuries. Pete was back. Everybody was good to go. Teron Armstead was healthy. This is the first time we saw the starting uh, five out there. They looked pretty good from when they were out there, but I'm going to give Max Unger the benefit of the doubt. He's a good center. Uh, You know, sure, I I would love to see him go to the Pro Bowl. He's a great center, but um, Taysom Hill just didn't catch it, you know, and You know, just plays like that, you know, it it makes us lose our confidence in you. It makes us lose, you know, like anything that we saw in you to begin with that all all disappears. You know, sure, like you're an athletic quarterback, you know, and, and you're a hard hitter on special teams, but... If you're going to make countless, countless errors, it would be different if it was like one or two interceptions or maybe a one fumble, one interception, but like five, you know, like you've got to be kidding me. It's terrible, you know, and, you know, the preseason, uh, don't get me wrong, the preseason is like a learning experience, but it's, it's a time for not only fans like us and uh, analytics and reporters and media analysts and everything. It's a time for people to see how you're doing, to see how you grow and, to see, to see how you're improving, you know. And, you know, maybe from the time back he was with Green Bay to now, maybe just he hasn't really taken that step yet, you know. And who knows, maybe this cost him his job. I, I don't think, probably not, I don't think if the Saints were to keep three quarterbacks based off of this experience alone that they would keep JT Barrett over uh, a Taysom Hill. I think right now Taysom Hill has the experience over JT Barrett that would overall win him the job if they kept three. I just think right now it's like, it's almost like a giant face palm for Saints fans. It's like, why, everybody I saw on Twitter, why is he still on the team? Get him off my team. You know, I don't want to see him, you know? And it, it, it's just terrible. But yeah, like, uh, stone cold, 100,000% agree. He hurt his chances a ton, you yeah. know? For,
0: for sure, especially, like I said, in the As Fans. I do want to give a shout out to both Arthur Mollett and um, Justin Hardy. They had. Both of them each had a nice pass breakup in the game making me a little bit more confident in our um, secondary depth there that I think is going to be the strongest and Marshawn Lattimore has been impressing in camp. Also shout out um, I I, I guess we'll just reveal it real quick because Nick Underhill was the one tweeting about Marshawn Lattimore. Um, We may be getting Nick Underhill on the show in the near future. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tyler for, for tweeting <laughs> at him and uh, asking him to get on the show. Cause that's, that's just freaking awesome. So if we get Nick Underhill, um, by far in, in, in our opinion, the best saints beat writer out there, obviously he writes for, um, uh the advocate right yeah yeah, yeah the advocate yep. um i was getting the advocate com mixed up because i for, for for the longest time i thought they were the same thing but um because i'm not from new orleans guys and i i apologize uh, but yeah yeah <laughs> well um, neither am i so right for the advocate covering the saints uh fantastic guy so ho- hopefully we'll get him on the show very soon but um as, as far as for the game last question for you tyler if you had to give out an mvp for it obviously it was a losing effort so i i i, I lightly say mvp but if you had to if you had to give it out who would you give those honors to
1: you know, define MVP, you know. It's tough because uh, JT Barrett scored the only touchdown. Will Lutz has some nice uh, field goals. Um, Trey Hendrickson looked really good out there. Can I give it like a three-way tie? Sure. Is that even possible? Yeah, that's fine. I and, think it's possible on the podcast. And yeah, I'm, so. I'm breaking the three-way tie, by,
0: tie. I'm breaking the tie by giving it to Will Lutz because I, it, Ooh. he is one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL, and we take him for granted. He, he, is, he is absolutely consistent for us and great, especially between – um pretty much twenty five, forty five yards, or maybe even fifty. Uh, very accurate. And yeah, he scored a bulk of our points and I don't think he gets enough credit. He's one of the he's one of the best kickers in the league, most consistent for sure. So I'm glad we had him on the team. And yeah, he was the MVP. He scored the bulk of our points for us and he was able to bail us out of drives that would have ended just terribly if we came away with no points. So shout out to Will Lutz, Georgia State, legend.
1: Very true. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, man I, I love my kicker man you know I can't remember how many years ago or you know the saints were in peril you know yeah. they had nobody but um with that being said so uh with that being said we we talked about some good let's talk about some bad uh uh the fans hate it we hate it it seems like everybody uh, if you live on planet earth and watch uh the national Football league you probably hate it by now and that's some more rural controversies and yes uh it evolves with rules and penalties so let's dive on into that. So it's not really about the Saints right now, but it's probably going to be about the Saints eventually. So we need to cover it. We need to mention it. So specifically uh, focusing on the NFC, The Minnesota Vikings linebacker, Antoine Williams, had a beautiful textbook sack. I saw this play. Or like, how is that not a sack? Like, he celebrated like it was a sack. Everybody thought it was a sack, except for a few people. And against the Jaguars this past week, except with uh, new rules, apparently it wasn't textbook at all. People, like, were flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted. I never really got a chance to talk to you about it, Dayton, but I'm sure you probably were too. And he was flagged. Yeah, it it was just, like, it was insane. It was, like, ridiculous. But it was flagged for roughing the passer, which is absolutely ridiculous. A 15-yard penalty that cost their their team crucial yards, you know? Like, a 15-yard penalty is a lifesaver for an offense who's trying to uh, drive down the field. But with that being said, though, add this to the long list of already controversial, uh, what we once thought were textbook Uh, you know, things that you would do, tackling, everything. Now it's just extremely questionable, apparently, now to the NFL. So, uh, this is crazy. We need to talk about this. So, how often will this affect teams negatively, you know, and especially in the regular season with all these different teams, all these different players, players we all thought would be, you know, accustomed to what they thought would be textbook, now by the NFL isn't. So, it's just, it's ridiculous, you know, and do you foresee uh dayton referees being told to lighten up a bit or would you say no and what do you think let's just talk about what do you think about everything going on right now how crazy is it that once we thought it would be so regular now it seems like everything's turned upside down you know and it's just nuts
0: so this specific play by williams uh, is the first little taste we have of, of what a lot of people are calling the quote-unquote Aaron Rodgers rule because of the collarbone injury he suffered last year being tackled by Anthony Barr. Referees are going to be looking out more so for defensive players who are sacking quarterbacks, putting their weight onto the quarterbacks as they're going down to the ground, and that's what the call was for roughing the passer against Williams. However, looking back on the tape and even in real life, it's very clear that he lands pretty much to the side of uh, Cody Kessler, who, who who is who he sacked. Um, he did not put his... Uh, because uh, Anthony Barr... Was the main reason obviously that tackle uh, when when he put his weight on Rogers uh, led to another broken collarbone there for Rodgers, and that's what the NFL is trying to prevent. But nothing of that sorts happened here mm-hmm. on this play, so I'm really not sure why it was not at called. All. But um, this 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 just proves that rules like this that are kind of take it a little bit too extreme, and we've seen it already with the lowering the crown of the helmet rule that has been so controversial over the past two weeks already uh, we can see that it can create a slippery slope of referees uh, trying to abide by these rules that are are, are are it's kind of specific but also so general and 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 overall it just comes down to a judgment call which is not what we want we want it to be as even playing field as possible we don't want a lot of human error and that's what these rules are mm-hmm. are leaving so much room open for um, that, that's what we don't want to see, and the slippery slope will eventually create situations in games in the regular season where referees will make these controversial calls maybe at the ends of games that cost teams wins, uh, maybe before halftime that will eventually lead to a team not being able to to get a points or, or, or giving up points to a team that didn't deserve them because of such a bad call um, and just taking away opportunities for teams to win games, and it's really not fair. Uh, to these guys, and a lot of players are tweeting about all this. So my stance on it, I'm I'm absolutely with the players who are disagreeing with the rules so far. Uh, Richard Sherman made a made a very nice point as to most of the guys who are making these rules, like have 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 not played men- much football in their life. They have not played many years. They they sure they've watched, and and there are some expert you know um, um, doctors and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that on the panels that make these rules. But uh, as Sherman pointed out. If you were to take most of those guys who made the rules, put them on the field, and have them run full speed to tackle a guy, they would mo- break those rules that they are setting for players every single Absolutely. time, it seems. Um, and and that was a great point by Sherman. Uh, so really, stuff needs to be changed. The players need to be more vocal in this. Uh, I can't wait for the new CBA to come out in a couple of years when it's rewritten, uh, or, or hopefully there's there's some major overhauls and, 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 and a lot is rewritten by the guys so that they have more sane rules like this. Um, and, and again, player safety is important and I understand the NFL going for that, but this is too extreme. Uh, once you start really putting tackling under a microscope, um, and I, I get the helmet to helmet contact and I get, uh, a in the technology for the player's equipment. But when you start getting into the actual bare bones of, of football and changing that as the NFL has at the highest level, that's when you start to create confusion mm-hmm. that trickles down again. The slippery slope is what I love to use because... Uh, one incident leads to another, and then after that, it just creates a snowball effect. So it needs to be changed. Um, and yeah, it's frustrating. I'm 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 just as frustrated as you watching this. Um, luckily, yeah. my only hope is that since this is preseason, something will change before because of the backlash it's received. Hopefully, somebody recognizes that and 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 looks to change something even small on the fly. Uh, maybe some language in the rules. Maybe really the ways that the referees look at this. Um hopefully something changes small before the regular season starts because I think it'll be a disaster if uh, calls like that happen in the regular season, especially when it costs teams games. Uh which I think I think it will if that's the case. Of what we just saw over the past two weeks, especially in uh that play in Minnesota, forget about mm. it. Could 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 be yeah. an absolute disaster.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I love the metaphor you said where you know, if you take, if you put the referees out there, you know, this game, th- this game of football is so, is so intuitive. You know, you're, you're anticipating, you're expecting. You know, when somebody's coming at you about to juke you or something, you just aim at them. You know how hard it is for mm-hmm. a player to, uh, to, uh, go and tackle somebody. You know, with all those rules in mind, and try not to get penalized. And know something is so simple, is textbook tackling, textbook sacks getting taken away it's it's crazy you know and dare i even say it the no fun league yes the national football league right now seems like a no fun league something that i look forward to every single time i watch that game of football sacks you know seeing the cam jordan put his arms in the air everybody's celebrating seeing the sheldon rankings you know the big boy doing his thing you know that's something that makes football fun that's something that you know that i look forward to every time and that's something i can't wait to see when Kirk cousins goes down week five when i go see them in new orleans and hopefully cam jordan does that i'm being off topic but with that being said like it's so textbook it's so simple you know and for them to change it it's just like I almost want to rip my hair out of my head, like, why would they do this, you know? And, like, sure, I see it, you know? they it, The reason is valid. They want to make players safety, but when you remove something... Uh, they, they want players to be healthy and safe, but when you remove something like this, it's just ridiculous, you know? And what's next, you know? And, like, it's just crazy. And, you know, when you mentioned that... um, you know, with hopefully enough people notice, the people that matter, hopefully they'll really take a, a strong look at it. Because look what they've done with other penalties and other controversial plays now in the NFL. The catch rule, they redid that, and it's a lot simpler now. And I, there are other ones I can't remember. But unfortunately, this is just,
0: Unfortunately, it took them years to fix the catch rule, though. And I have a feeling yeah, this will happen here as well with this. Because the with the catch rule... Um, it obviously it doesn't really have to do anything with player safety. It just has to do with uh, how the referees are viewing stuff on the field. So I feel yeah. like if, then the ball on this could roll one or two ways. It could be, oh, they're going to um, delay it, which which I think will happen. They're going to delay any rule changes because they believe what they have implemented now is the best for player safety. Uh, and and obviously the kinks the, in, in their mind, these are just kinks that are going through. I don't think it is. Again, when we talk about the no. slippery slope. They think yeah. these are just kinks that will be, you know, um, um, smoothed out over time. Um, or mm-hmm. the ball could also roll where they go, um, hey, this is about player safety, and these players are understanding that um, they, you know, don't don't need this kind of these kind of rule changes to properly play the game. Let's change it back if it's really angering that. Mo- but the nfo isn't going to do that they're a billion dollar company so um, um but i i i do think that the possibility is there for them to maybe maybe make some type of rule change within the next year or so but my my guess is that it'll be drag, drag out like it was with the uh catch rule that took forever to yeah. finally be like this past off season it was on it finally it's been like four or five years so
1: crazy yeah, it really is. I just realized I made a mistake. I said Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I meant Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Right. Yeah, Alex Smith. Right. My bad. My bad. But uh, yeah, I need to get with the program. But you know, and it's just it's such a crazy thing, you know. And you know, hopefully enough people notice notice by now about what's happening, you know. And I think the referees sort of like like we've been saying they don't understand how hard it is for an NFL athlete. You know, like you've played football before. I just played as an offensive lineman, you know, for my local league. I mean, not that I really have to tackle people, but, like, we get to picture how hard it could be, you know? And it's just, it's such a crazy thing right now. It's gaining a lot of steam, you know? And we probably wouldn't be talking about this, but, like, play after play after play, you're seeing these videos from across the league. And this is only the preseason. It was something where this probably wouldn't even be brought up if, if it was anything else. But, like... Something as crazy as now because there's such a new, recent rule change, you know, it's gaining steam so quickly, you know, and I really hope for the sake of the NFL, for the sake of the no more, no fun league, that they fix it, you know, and because it's just going to ruin everything. You're going to see – you're gonna see this is what's gonna happen. It's gonna affect the Saints like it's going to affect everybody I'm calling it you're gonna see a linebacker or a defensive end You might heck you might even see a Cameron Jordan go to sack somebody and it's gonna be a little off Or it's not gonna be how the way the refs liked it and that they're gonna give them a penalty and that's just gonna Kickstart the opposing offense, you know, we don't want to see that nobody does I so was come on National Football League if you're listening Fix the rule. Please, we want it to be fixed.
0: Come on, Roger. Get on it, bro.
1: Yeah, right. For for real. You know, and it's just, it's crazy, you know. And no wonder why it, it would be receiving so much backlash, you know. Fans watch it for the action, you know. Not only do they love it for the offense, but they love it for the defense. You know how many crazy playmakers they have in the league right now? Like we mentioned earlier, Khalil Mack. You know, all, all these people. Everson Griffin, Cameron Jordan, you know, all these different crazy edge rushers and now have to uh, work on their technique even more to appeal to the National Football League so, that, so they don't get penalized or possibly even fined depending on how the hit was. Like it, it's it's ridiculous, you know, and it, it frustrates me even more than a Taysom Hill throwing a billion and a half uh, turnovers. That's how much it frustrates me, you know. But
0: fired up fired up on the Who That Is Podcast, man. <laughs>
1: A little bit. You need to be. People need to listen if they need to hear what's important. And the fans here will know that, you know, I'm a very passionate person. And I love talking about what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about this. They need to fix it. Because as much as I love seeing Drew Brees throw touchdown passes to Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas, I'm just as passionate about seeing Cameron Jordan get sacks for his team. Are you kidding me? Like, it, it, it's crazy, you know. And it really is. But...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, don't forget to buy our t shirts, swag.fansided.com, and take a selfie when you when you eventually get them. If you've already ordered them too, let us know because uh, I don't know how long shipping will take, so I want to know about how long it'll take for you guys. Um, and uh, obviously, Tyler and I will be donning our um, podcast t shirts pretty soon. But yeah, swag.fansided.com, search the Hootat Dish podcast, and also there's some cool com gear on there too that you guys, if you want to support the website that we are branching off of, uh, let us know. Uh, if there's anything else you want to say, Tyler, go ahead,
1: man, sign offs are to you. This was another great episode. As it was, uh, I was just going to mention actually, it's funny. I forgot to mention it earlier in the podcast. Thank you for the quick plug on the merch. Uh, I just got a recent email notification that mine already shipped. Mine's in North Carolina right now. Awesome. To labeling and everything, uh, getting ready to go. So the second I, uh, the second I get the shirt, you guys won't be able to see it. Unfortunately, we'll check our podcast account. I'll post a ridiculous self with me, uh, with the shirt. But, um, yeah, the second I get it, uh, you guys will hear about it. So, but yeah, thanks so much for tuning to this episode, guys. Uh, here's where you can follow our social media. So, uh, first and foremost, uh, if you guys are like participating in polls, responding to us via Twitter, you know, commenting, liking, checking out everything that we have going on, like maybe special new guest we have appearing, all that good stuff, make sure to check out our official Who That Dish podcast Twitter account at the WDD Podcast. Make sure to check out Dan and myself at... Dayton underscore Brown underscore and myself at Raymond Tyler M on Twitter. And we love tweeting about the Saints. You know, uh, Dayton writes on a couple different websites now, and he posts great articles there. I post a bunch of different polls myself. We all just love talking about football and the Saints. So you should check that out if you really love it. Let's see here. You can follow uh, you can follow our podcast episodes. Where you can find them is on Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Sometimes it's hard to hear over the things, so I figured it's would for you guys. And iTunes, you know, on the podcast app if you have an iPhone. Just search the Who That Dish podcast, you'll find us. These episodes will be going out shortly, so you guys won't want to miss that. You know, we've been producing banners lately, you know, like, great episodes for you guys, great guests, great people I have on these shows, so... It's something I look forward to and listen to. That's for sure. And make sure a quick plug because I don't think we did it earlier in this episode. But uh, the articles of the week, you know, we've got great articles coming out on hootatdish.com every week by our fabulous editor Roy Anderson and our fabulous writer Dayton Brown, and hopefully eventually me. I need to get on logging back in and registering with that website. But um, yeah, we've got great people writing, so you want to check that out too. You know, they're the main tree; we're a branch. They're the main tree you guys should be checking out. So,
0: Thanks again so much for tuning in. Again, we'll be with Bolt Beat tomorrow to preview the Saints at the Los Angeles Chargers, which will be taking place uh, this upcoming Saturday for the Saints' third preseason game. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Be sure to follow us on all platforms and leave us a rating on iTunes. It really goes a long way, especially if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And as always,
1: who'd at.